Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is with us. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Come on, somebody love him for just a few moments. Would you take a few more moments to just begin to magnify Jesus? Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I pray your peace and your comfort is already in this house, God. Let it fall on every heart. Let it fall on every family. Let it fall on every mind. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Genesis chapter 25. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classes. Genesis chapter 25 and verse number 21. The Bible says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her and said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Behold, there were twins in her womb. The Bible says the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, this question. Many might have even asked this year, last year, this week, I want to preach to us for a few moments about if I'm so blessed, why do I feel like this? If I'm so blessed, why do I feel like this? Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray all across the building. I believe that God has an answer. I believe that God has an answer in this house for us. I believe that there is peace and there is comfort in this house for some folks that are wondering today even. If I'm so blessed, God, what is the purpose of what I'm feeling? Hallelujah. Come on, would you lift up your voice and pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If I'm so blessed, why do I feel like this? Our text here today begins to tell us of Isaac and his wife, Rebecca. 
And the Bible does this quite often. It, it introduces in story form the, the different characters and players. But almost immediately, it will let you know what the problem is. You will see that sometimes the problem seems to be the same as you look through the Bible. This concept of barrenness is a theme you will find throughout Scripture. There's many folks that dealt with this. You can even see this introduction in the New Testament. The Bible says that Zacharias and Elizabeth were good people. They were serving God. They, they operated in the temple since they were young. They had done everything right. But in a moment's time, it will tell you what the problem is. They were barren. And this idea and concept of barrenness is one of the most fundamental uh, ideas in the Bible. You go back to the beginning in Genesis, and you will find that barrenness seems to go in opposition to the very will of God. For it was God that said unto man and, and woman, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. But by the time you get to Genesis chapter 15, this concept is already in full swing that there is something known as barrenness. The man by the name of Abram was called of God to leave everything he'd known, the earth of the Chaldees, and, and to leave his father's business and leave family and friends behind. And God told him, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. And in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. But this is not what caused Abraham to get up from where he was and to go to look for a city whose builder and maker was God, a city that has foundations. You see, Abraham's father was a man that history teaches owned a trunk line. It'd be like a modern-day Amazon or FedEx. He was not a broke individual. So blessing did not speak to Abram. That wasn't something that intrigued him. It wasn't the fact that he would be a great leader. That didn't intrigue him. He was already... Uh, in the upper echelon of his society. In fact, God was about to take him out of all of that. Uh, it wasn't the idea that Abram loved discomfort. That's not the case. But there was a problem. The Bible says that Sarah was barren. And God began to promise to Abram, if you will leave everything behind, that you and Sarah will no longer be barren, that there will be a child come forth, and in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Amen. It was that promise that he would be the father of many nations that caused Abraham to walk away from all kinds of money, from all kinds of success. Abraham said, if I got an opportunity to be a dad, if I got an opportunity, amen, to have a child, I will leave everything else behind. Abraham was seeing as children are. Children are the future. Amen. There is no future without kids. And that's why, as an apostolic church, we push so hard in kids' ministry. You better believe it. They might not get the limelight at all the times, and they might be in the back while I'm preaching. But I want to tell you, every person that's working with kids, amen, they deserve a, a pat on the back. 
because there is no future without children. And Abraham said, God, if you'll give me a future, if you'll give me kids, I'll leave everything else behind. Can I preach to somebody that when you come to Jesus, amen, he will offer you a new life. He will offer you a new birth. He will offer you a future. But you got to be willing to let all that old stuff go. You got to understand that in this time frame, barrenness was a real issue. It's still an issue in our world today. But there were no fertility doctors. There was no way to check and, and get things figured out. There was there was no other way than to have God intervene. Much like in a drought, there wasn't there wasn't irrigation like we have today, although they had some. They prayed and said, "God, if you provide rain, we'll have a harvest." Amen. There was a complete and utter reliance that if God doesn't do it, it's not going to get done. If God doesn't show up, it's not going to get done. And you find in our text, amen, that Isaac has run into the same situation as his father Abram. And now his wife is barren. You'll find that that also happens with Jacob and Rachel. You go all the way through and there seems to be an issue here. But, but Isaac begins to pray because Isaac understands uh, this is not something that any other man uh, or woman can fix. Uh, this isn't something that can be situated amen by somebody else there is no hope without getting on my knees and praying can I preach to the church? There's just some things that it takes a miracle. There's just some things that it takes the hand of God. And without the hand of God, it can't be fixed. But if you can get God in the picture with God, nothing shall be impossible. Would you clap your hands and give God praise? Amen. This is not in my notes, but I might as well say it, that in our New Testament context, when we refer to barrenness, we refer to revival, we refer to the church. Amen. That that we, we've come and, and it's a dangerous place to be if the church ever gets to a place where we are barren and we are not producing new souls. Amen. And here's how it gets fixed. It's Isaac hitting his knees and praying to the Lord. And God is listening and God is answering. Church, we've got to be hitting our knees day in and day out praying Lord give us children God give us babies God give us new people God find somebody pull them off of a bar stool pull them out of a den of iniquity wherever you bring them from God save them we've got to have revival would you clap your hands and give God praise hallelujah there comes a point where we've got to hit a point a level of desperation where we are not content with where we are. Amen. We're, we're thankful for what God's done and what God's doing. But we pray, amen, like, like uh, missing the name right now. But in the, New, in the Old Testament, amen, there was a woman that prayed and said, God, give me kids lest I die. There was, there was such a desperation for there to be birth. And Isaac felt that desperation. Because Isaac understood all prophecy is, is leading up to this moment right here. Every promise that ever lent on Abraham has now transferred onto Isaac. And Isaac knows the nations of the world will not be blessed if we don't have kids. The nation of the earth 
will not begin to receive salvation if, if something doesn't happen and if God doesn't intervene. And the Bible says that Isaac began to pray to the Lord. And the Bible says that God was entreated of Isaac. Can I help you here today? There are some things that are impossible with man, but with God nothing shall be impossible. And when we pray, I want to help somebody build your faith that when you pray, there's a heavenly father that's got his ear and attention and he's listening to every prayer, every prayer that is prayed. And the Bible says that God heard and he opened the womb of Rebekah and she conceived. And then he turns this barren womb into a fruitful, amen, womb. And the Bible says that almost immediately after receiving a miracle from God, after receiving a blessing, the Bible lets us know that it really did take a miracle for this to happen. Immediately the Bible says that the children struggled in her womb. Now I want you to understand something. We're reading this, amen, from an aerial view. We get to see this as hindsight being 2020. But in her position, she doesn't know there's more than one kid in there. And, and she's probably been around several people that have had children and probably been around others that have given birth. And, 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 and she probably talked with some friends and, and asked them, hey, how was it for you? And, and they all said, well, it wasn't that bad. And I wasn't really having as many issues as you're having. And, and every one of them had their stories. And, and there was morning sickness. And there was this. But, but there was something that Rebecca knew is not right. There's something that is not natural natural and it doesn't seem normal because when she talks with other folks and begins to share her side of the story they look back at her and say that didn't happen to me I don't know what you're talking about there was a struggle the Bible says inside of her womb and in this struggle she began to forget about the miracle that had just taken place and in this pain and in this discomfort she began to forget about the fact that she was previously barren in this struggle and in this time of trial trial and tribulation she started to forget that it was God that made this whole thing possible can I help somebody here today sometimes you can get such a struggle that it causes amnesia in your life and you can forget so easily all the good things that God has been doing and, 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 and there's times where we pray God do this God do this God do this and God begins to work and God begins to do certain things and almost immediately something rises up in us that forgets about all the prayer meetings that forgets about all the requests of God and all we can feel is the pain and all we can feel is what we're going through right now and something rises up in us and it's exactly what happened to Rebecca. She began to say, if it be so, why am I thus? In hood English, she was saying, if I'm so blessed, why does it hurt so bad? If I'm so blessed of God, if God has performed a miracle, then why is it that I feel this way? I'm preaching to people here today that maybe even this year have begun to ask the question, and begin to think in their mind, 
I know God said I'm blessed. I know that there's certain things that have been promised over my life and prophesied over my life. But when I look at what I'm going through and when I begin to consult my emotions and consult my feelings, I'm preaching to somebody right now, amen, that when I begin to consult with what I feel and what I've experienced, amen, I have a question, and it's why, God, if I really am going to do X, Y, or Z, if I really am destined for this, if I really am going to see all these things birth in my life, if all these promises and prophecies will come to pass, if it really is so, God, then why do I feel like this? Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. I come to help somebody here today and, and hopefully, amen, get us to be on this point right here. I believe God's got an answer for this question. God's not afraid of questions. It doesn't make God nervous when you ask questions. God's got answers to questions. Would you pray? Uh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Come on, if, I, if it be so, why am I thus? If I'm so blessed, then what's going on in my world? If God's really going to do this for my life, then why doesn't it seem like everything's working out right now? If God's really going to produce this in my life, how come it seems like nothing else is working? I'm going to help somebody. Amen. You're blessed beyond measure. She began to question, and she said, if I'm really so blessed, because I, I know I was barren. And I know that this is supposed to be a blessing in my life. If I'm so blessed with a miracle, then how come it hurts so bad? If God is going to be the one that makes this happen for me, I, I thought that the gifts of God were without repentance, and I thought that, that they add no sorrow, then how come I feel so much sorrow? And I preached about that a few weeks ago. There's a difference between the sorrow of God and sorrow of the world. But, but at the same time, there is almost a, an illusion that says I should feel no struggle. I should feel no pain. If God is working in my life, that everything should be peachy. And I want to help somebody here today. If you've ever been sold a bill of goods like that, amen, it's nowhere in your Bible. Because everybody that's ever been promised something, everybody that's ever been prophesied something, Everybody that's ever gotten God in their life working, there was always some struggle and discomfort that came along with it. If you feel struggle here today, I want to help you. You're in good company. If you feel like things haven't lined up the way you think they should, you're in good company. Just because you're going through struggles in this season of your life doesn't mean that it will last forever. God's got something, and it's being produced, but you got to press through. It is here. God, if I'm so blessed, if I've got all these things, why? And there's a lot of people that would die right here. There's a lot of folks that would live their lives right here. They would hang their hat. They would, they would, they would set up a mailbox right here. And they live. And, and, and here's, here's here, i got to help somebody here today. Amen. You cannot die on self-pity. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's go ahead. You cannot allow self-pity to kill you. God doesn't respond to self-pity. He doesn't respond to, well, just poor me. I'm just this. No, 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 no. Never one time has God responded to self-pity. God wants to pull you up out of that. God has power for you, not pity. 
God's got blessings and God's got more. He doesn't... He's not there just for you to cry on his shoulder, amen, and feel sorry for yourself. No, God says, go ahead and cry on my shoulder, and then I'll point you in the direction you ought to go. Can I help somebody? Uh, self-pity never helped anybody get up out of the, out of the dumps. Uh, self-pity never helped anybody get up out of the ghetto. Uh, self-pity never helped anybody get out of debt. Self, uh, self-pity never helped anybody, amen, get better. Uh, it only let people get worse uh, and let them get bitter. Uh, but, honey, if you can let God step in and help you out of your self-pity, he's got a response uh, for your questions. Uh, he's got an answer of hope. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. Hey, I just came to preach to some folks. I know some people that all they can do is feel sorry for themselves, and they can't ever pick themselves up by the bootstraps. But, honey, if you can get up and put one foot in front of another with the help and strength of God, eventually you'll get to the promises. Eventually you'll get to the prophecies. Eventually. Hallelujah. I can't, tell, I can't tell some folks how many times in my life I've had this moment. If I'm so blessed, why am I feeling this way? If I'm so called, why am I feeling this way? If I'm so anointed, God, why am I feeling this way? But I can tell you every time that came in my mind, I just reminded myself, you can't die in self-pity. Hallelujah. you got to get up every morning and go to work even though you don't know why it's working. you got to get up, pay your bills even though you feel like debt is drowning you you gotta you gotta do it I can't tell you how many times I would get up and and I know God had called me and 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 here I am at 16 years old living on my own paying my own bills and and still going through high school some folks don't even want to graduate working full-time and, and, and getting up every morning, 6 a.m., but getting off work at about 2 a.m. Because I was trying to get my way and try to make my way in life because I made it up in my mind. If God said I'm blessed, if God said I'm going to make it, I refuse to die here. And I can't tell you, as soon as I got a, a car paid off, it'd break down. And I'd get another car, and it'd break down. I, got, I had about 10 cars before, before I was 18 years old. And every single one had something happened to it, something broke. And I kept thinking to myself, I, I thought I was going to be used. I thought I was going to be blessed. I thought I was going to be anointed. And self-pity wanted to hold me down and keep me down. But I kept saying, no, I trust God that what he's forming in me is greater than what I'm feeling. What God's producing in me is greater. I tell you about times where I thought, man, I finally got there, got a car. I thought I hit the epitome. 91 Honda Accord. And I arrived. And then all of a sudden I, 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 I had to move out real quick, rapidly. I was getting removed. <laughs> I paid bills. That wasn't my fault. Pay your bills. If you, if you try to say it's a trial from God and you didn't pay your bills, nah, nah. You just didn't do what you're supposed to do. Pay your bills. But, but due to some circumstance, I had to move. And I had nowhere to go, 19 years old. And I thought, okay, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm still going to pay my tithes. <laughs> I'm still going to give them the offering. Nothing's going to stop me from doing what I know is right. Yeah, some people give up on what they know is right. 
because they go through a hard time. But I kept doing what is right. I'm not going to start skipping church because I know that's where my help comes from. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hold back on anything because I'm going through a hard time because. See, but people in self-pity, they say, well, it's too tough for me. I might as well stop this and stop that. And, you know, everybody should feel sorry for me. And No, 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 no. I, I made up in my mind I'm going to do everything in my heart because i got to fulfill every promise of God. I'll never forget the day I'm getting ready. I got all, I got all my stuff. I got a sleeping bag. I got a sack full of clothes. That's all I own. 19 years old. I go out to my car. Could you believe it? It's missing. A day I'm moving out, I thought, well, man, I'm going to survive in my car for a little bit. Thank God for some good folks in the church that had an unfinished basement. Amen. But but you know what? There was times, uh, amen, I, I was laying on that hardwood floor uh, at 19 years old. Dad died. Car had been stolen. Everything going wrong in life. Uh, and I began to ask the question, uh, if everything's so blessed in my life, if I'm really going somewhere, if you really got a plan for me, uh, then why do I feel like this? Why is it every time I take one step forward, it seems like life has shoved me five steps backwards. And every time I get a bill paid off, uh, another one shows up in the mail. And every time I get one car paid off it breaks down or it gets stolen how come everything is not working out why do I feel like this and I wanted to die in that position brother Mark I wanted to give up right there I thought you know what I'm doing everything I can to live for God see there's some folks they go through struggles and they try to blame it on God but the truth is it's not God it's your bad decisions and you can't blame God for your bad decisions if you made bad decisions it's not God that's got consequences it's life that has consequences if you wonder why your car got repo and you didn't pay the bill I got news for you it's called pay the note and you'll make sure your car doesn't get repo but I want to help somebody that is going through something that is outside of your control and you're doing everything you know to do right I came to help those that are like Rebecca that got a miracle from God, got a promise from God, and they're saying, if it be so, why am I thus? And there was times I wanted to give up in that position. But I did what Rebecca did. The Bible says she didn't just complain, she prayed. She began to inquire of the Lord. And she began to say, God, I got some questions. There's some folks that all they can do is die in self-pity and in complaint. But there's others that no matter how hard life gets, no matter how tough things get, amen, they just, they just put on their shoes one at a time. And they put one foot in front of another. And they hit their knees and they pray. And they say, Lord, I know you called me. I know you anointed me. I know you blessed me. I know there's all these prophecies and promises. But right Right now, I don't feel them. Amen. Right now, it doesn't feel good. Right now, there's a struggle. Right now, there's pain. Right now, there's discomfort. And God, I just want to know why. I just want a little revelation. I just want a little understanding. Never one time did she pray, God, take it away from me. Because she understood there's something good in my womb. And I'm, I'm not going to get rid of what is good because of what I feel that is bad. Can I help somebody? You cannot live your life based on feelings and emotions. 
people that live their existence on every fleeting feeling and every fleeting emotion. Here today they're happy and tomorrow they're depressed and all of a sudden a new emotion shows up and, and one bad thing happens and their entire week's gone. We don't live based on feelings. We live based on facts. And the only time sometimes we can get those facts is when we hit our knees and pray. Because there's a lot of things that will lie to you. The Bible says your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But the Bible says, I, the Lord, try the reins. God says no one on earth understands the heart quite like me. The God that created the mind, the God that created the heart, the God that created emotional creatures, he can help some folks to begin to define out what their emotions are really saying. Amen. They can find out sometimes those feelings are not right. Those feelings are not of God. Those feelings of depression and despair. Amen. They're not seeing life through the right lens. It's looking back on everything bad that has happened or is currently happening. But when you hit your knees, and pray. God can readjust your vision towards the future and see a brighter day and see it. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. So let's pray. Come on, I'm, I'm almost done preaching, but I want to help somebody this afternoon. Hallelujah. God wants to deliver you, amen, from living life from emotion to emotion, from feeling to feeling. God wants you to base your life on the facts of his word. God wants you to base your life on the facts of your relationship with him. And you don't have to worry about what you feel like. You can know that you know that you know God's in control. She begins to pray. And, and I, I, I don't know where, I don't know where in church culture people started thinking that asking God questions is like, like cussing God out. <laughs> like he's scared. Like God's up in heaven and you do like a Google search and he's scrambling trying to figure out an answer. <laughs> like if you ask God a question, all of a sudden there's something wrong with your faith. <laughs> uh, that's nowhere in the Bible. That's, there's nothing wrong with asking God questions. I mean, there's a big difference between self-pity and living and dying on your emotions. I, I just preached about that. But there's nothing wrong with Rebecca saying, God, I just want a little clarification. I, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I'm very thankful for what you blessed me with. But right now, it's not lining up to what I thought it should be. And uh, right now, I'm, I'm not understanding everything to its fullest. And God, I need you to help me understand. And, and God has no problem with people asking the question, why? God has no problem with people coming to him and asking him, Lord, uh, could you give me a little more wisdom, uh, revelation, and understanding? Uh, could you grant me a little more knowledge on this subject? Uh, I just don't know why I'm feeling this way. Uh, I want to help somebody uh, that before this service is done, uh, you can walk out, uh, lay your emotions down on this altar, and pick up the facts uh, of an answer from God uh, from his word. Uh, you can go ahead and say, you know, God, uh, my feelings are lying to me right now. But, Lord, if I can get a word from you, I can build my life on it. I can build my family on it. I can build my entire world on it. She was not just complaining. She was praying. There's a big difference between the two. She was asking God, could you please give me a revelation of what's happening in my world? And God... In the loving kindness of our Savior. God doesn't just hear from heaven. God responds from heaven. 
Yeah. Some people think they're just praying and they're talking to a wall. No, 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 no. Every time you're praying, there's a heavenly Father that's listening, but not just listening. There's a God in heaven that'll hear you. There's a God in heaven that will respond to you. There's a God in heaven that's looking in ways that he can help assist you and I. And God replies, it's twins. Now, I have some friends that have had twins. And the first response is always, oh, no. See, back then they didn't have ultrasounds. They didn't have any way to find out. It was twins. But God said, you want to know why you're struggling so bad? You want to know why it hurts so bad? See, you thought you just got a blessing like everybody else. You thought you just going to be normal like everybody else. But you didn't pray to be normal. You weren't asking for me to just do the ordinary because if I'd have just done the ordinary, you'd have thought it was just a part of your, your human experience. But God said, I did something that goes beyond the ordinary. I did something so supernatural in your world. It's not just one blessing. It's two. It's not just one portion. It's two. God's saying instead of questioning why you feel so bad, what you should be doing is saying, God, how blessed am I? God, if I'm going through all this, it must mean I got more blessings than I currently have room for. If I feel this way, it must mean I got a future that's greater than all of this. Would you stand and lift up your hands all across? the building come on I came to help somebody this afternoon huh, that is asking God if I'm so blessed huh, why do I feel this way I came to flip the script huh. it's not that you're trying to question huh, why you feel this way huh. I've come to let you know you're more blessed huh, than you even realize huh. change the question huh, and start saying God huh, how blessed am I huh, that I get the opportunity huh, to go through this huh. God how blessed am I huh, that I get the opportunity huh, to struggle like this huh. God how blessed am I that I get a chance to go through something nobody else gets a chance. God, how am I so blessed? I'm going to preach about that someday. I'm going to shout about that someday. I'm going to give God praise about that. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Come on, give him the... Praise him for the struggle. Praise him for the hard times. Praise him for every negative thing. Some people look, you know those before and after pictures? Some of us look like one, some of us look like the other. <laughs> I'll let you decide what we are. Everybody likes to see the after picture and go, oh man, I, I want to look like that. But a lot of people don't want to take inventory of the before. Yeah. Well, well how come they're going to get to do, how come they... How come they're so blessed? How, you need to go back to there before when there was no food in their cupboards. You need to go back to the day when they were pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and paying bills that mom and dad couldn't pay. You need to go back in time and say, God, if you can, if you can use somebody. through, We always like to see people being used to their blessing. But I want to tell you where people are real used. They're used to their struggles. They're used... There's not really a whole lot that you can do to help people. Now, I know you can encourage people. 
Man, there's some folks who had a great life. Praise God. I think that's encouraging. I hope my kids have that. I really do. I really do. And I hope there's some folks that had a blessed life that can show, hey, you can still live for God in a blessed life. But I have found in my personal life, the most impacting thing I can ever tell somebody is not how great everything has been in my world. So tell people where I came from. Because it gives context to where you are. Amen. It gives context to where you are. And when people go, well, I don't think that person should be, and I don't know if they should, you got to stop those questions because you weren't there. Amen. David would put it this way. It was before the Lord. It was before Saul was king. The Lord called me from my mother's womb. He said, you weren't there when the bear was fighting me. You weren't there when the lion was fighting me. You weren't there in the struggle. So don't question when I'm holding twins. People that aren't understanding that struggle, they often don't understand the fact of the blessing that comes later. And they'll go, how come you got two and I only got one? (laughs) I'm preaching real good right now. It's the haves and the have-nots, and people go, well, they shouldn't have that. Hey, listen, leave them alone. You don't know the struggle and the hell they've been through. If you've been through the fire, if you've been through the flood, and it didn't burn you, and it didn't drown you, you ought to give God praise that you're still standing. If you're blessed today, you can look back and say, it was the struggle that blessed me. Rebecca did not have room for two. There had to be a stretching. There had to be more. And God said, you don't have room enough for this yet. But I'm going to, and the Bible never says, Elder, that the struggle stopped until the very day of their birth. Jacob's coming out of the womb, holding on to his brother's hand. But never one time do you hear her complain because she got a revelation of the facts, not the feelings. For the first time, she understood, oh, I'm going through all this because God's got something bigger for me on the other side. I would to God that some folks would get a revelation here today that the greater the farming, the greater the filling, the greater the struggle, the greater the potential, that whatever you're going through right now, God says, I got more. I'm going to fill you with. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, would you lift up your voice and let's pray. Come on. God said, here's the facts. Here's the facts, young lady. You're more blessed than you realize. For the struggle you're going through is preparing the way for the miracle I already put there. For the blessings I already put there. The struggle you're enduring is going to bring forth double. The good that's coming out of all of this whatever it is you fill in the blank if I've learned one thing in life and one thing through the Bible it won't always be like this because one day you'll make it to the other side doesn't mean your struggle's over with and you've just arrived no because God will God will give you more struggles God will give you more things because he's always going to take you forward but the good that's coming out is always greater than the pain you feel right now The blessing is not a feeling. It's a fact and a reality from God. The facts were she was more blessed than she realized. 
Feeling said, I should just quit and give up, and I should just backslide, and I should just throw in the towel, and I should just stop everything I'm doing for God. But the facts say, at the end of this, there's not going to just be one revival. There's going to be two. There's not just going to be one family member saved. There's going to be two. There's not just going to be one blessing in your life. There's going to be two. And if you can get a hold of this today, if I'm so blessed, why do I feel this way? I'll tell you what it is. God is saying, I'm stretching you so you can hold more. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching. Come on. Would you lift up your voice? I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? You might be asking the question, Pastor, I, I, I know God said this, and I know God's going to do that, but right now it doesn't feel that way. Come to this altar and say, God, what are the facts? Come to this altar and get a word. What are the realities? What are the facts? Not what I feel. Not what I experience. But God, what do you know that I don't know? What revelation is there that I don't currently have? Would you come and pray? Come on, a greater season's coming through this. A greater day's coming through this. My Bible says that God performed that which he spoke. church would you pray would you pray in the name of Jesus greater is coming greater is coming greater is coming somebody pray Trust you, Lord, it's not.
Trust in Jesus. Would you lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, God's forming something. It might be greater than what you anticipated, but that's how God works, exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But God's got to make us ready for it. And sometimes that's struggle, and sometimes that's pain, and sometimes those feelings will kick in, and they might be going against what you know God is doing in your world, but just trust Him. Put your faith back in Jesus that He's working all things together for your good.